We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Thank you, worship team. Can't give the worship team a hand. They do a great Awesome. And the sound guys and production. It's good. Come on. And most of all, thank you for the person who switched on that white little switch over there on the wall. Who's glad they're warm this morning? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, that's great. Um, I'm excited to be in church. I always love coming to church um, because it always adjusts me. I don't know if it adjusts you, but uh, most of, I think almost, I would say 100% of the time, it doesn't matter how I've come into church, I've always leave better. Um, and, and that's because of, of Jesus, because of our Savior. And, uh, and, and when we, we, we choose to put our trust in Him and we choose to find Him and seek Him, He will be found. Uh, I love it. Seek and you will find. Uh, or who likes playing hide and seek? Maybe that's a job tomorrow at home with the kids. Yeah, you guys go and hide. I'll come find you. <laughs> Keep hiding. Keep hiding. But I like it about, I like well, Jesus is, is a man of his word. And when you see, not like, <laughs> not like me when we're playing hide and seek, but uh, when you seek, you will find him. And so I really pray this morning, um, uh, something's just going to come alive in, in your heart and in your spirit. Uh, it's, always our, it's always our role um, is that you leave this place knowing Jesus more, encountering His love and encountering His grace so that we can go and do the things that God's called us to do, uh, knowing the empowering presence in our life uh, through Him. Amen. And so this morning, I want to continue what I preached on last week and, uh, and, and keep unpacking it because I believe as we get this, um, just, just phenomenal things can happen because of the presence of God. And so uh, we, I'll do a little bit of a recap and then we'll move forward. And it's great to be combined this morning. Um, it's awesome. Our Mosgill team's in here and just serving as well. And it's just awesome. And we've continued to believe that God's going to continue building and seeing a great church built out in Mosgill as well. And so it's great. All good. And then pizza tonight with Pastor Ray um, from Church Untamed in Cromwell. He's gonna, it's awesome. And so just uh, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. I want to also encourage you before I get into it that tomorrow night is, a, is our prayer meeting, first Monday of every month. Doesn't matter whether it's a, a, a public holiday or not. Come on, come out and pray. Uh, doesn't, I want to, like, we, we don't let the, the calendar of public holidays determine what the power of prayer in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, come out and pray tomorrow night. Our record is 100. And I, I reckon it would be amazing, it would be awesome to break 100 on a, on a public holiday. Uh, because I love it that we're a people about prayer uh, rather than preference. Uh, you know, right now, come on, let's be a, a church of prayer rather than just, oh, it'd be nice to just stay home. Yeah, yeah, well, what, what's going to change and what's going to shift stuff in our world is the power of prayer. And so I want to encourage you to come out to that. It's going to be a good time. And plus, also, we want to talk into the culture of e-groups. E-groups are so important. Uh, they really are. We love every e-group, every e-group leader. Uh, we, we, we release a lot of uh, a lot of responsibility on them, and they do a great job loving and caring, uh, carrying the heart and the spirit of the church. And so we want to continue uh, building into them. And even if you're not an e-group leader, I want to encourage you to stay. And even maybe something God's calling you into is to, is to carry weight of loving people and making sure they're just looked after. And uh, if we can all do that, then who knows what God could do. And, and you know, and so it's going to be good. Cool. Right, I need to pray. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you, God, for your grace. It only comes from you. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning as even we talk about the anointing and we talk about your grace, Lord, that it would come alive even more in our heart and in our life. 
I pray, Jesus, that today you're going to empower people or even uh, that there's going to be an aha or a remembrance moment. And Lord, I just pray again that breakthrough. I pray, Lord, for every person in this room, whether they know you as their Lord and Savior now or, or later on, Lord, I pray you just reveal yourself even more in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bibles, grab grab it and turn to Matthew chapter 11. I'm just going to read. Um, oh, I've got a couple of scriptures. Um, but I'm going to read the first one out of the New Living Translation and the same scripture again out of the message. But I, I started off last week with this, and I just believe it will help us a whole lot. Uh, so Matthew 11, chapter 28 through 30. And it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And so what we're talking about here is the yoke. Uh, in, in, in farming culture, agriculture, ag, that culture, um, <laughs> Uh, what would happen is you, they would yoke, they'd use a, a wooden piece of uh, a, 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 that thing, a yoke. I uh, should have had a picture. But anyway, they would um, yoke two oxen together. And as they, they, they would tie them together and they'd be able to push further, they'd get a lot more strength together. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, I've heard it said that uh, one horse can pull up to a ton worth of weight just by itself. But when you yoke two horses together, it, it quadruples almost or even does 10 times more than what one horse can do, and because there's more power together, there's more synergy together when you're yoked together. And so, so he's talking about taking Jesus's yoke upon you. Because, um, or let's read the message version as well. Uh, are you tired, worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you uh, how to take a rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I don't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So again, there's this imagery about walking with Jesus, saying, hey, come and be yoked with me. Because here's a, here's a true, I believe a true statement, is we're yoked to something. We're yoked to something. We're, whatever it is, I don't know. Only you can ask that. Maybe it's a number of things. Maybe you're yoked to fear. Maybe you've been yoked to disappointment and you're not wanting to give something a go again because you're fearful uh, that you're going uh, to fail again. Maybe you're yoked to past hurts or past disappointments. Maybe you're yoked to a, a relationship that didn't work out, and so you're never going to step into that arena again. I don't know what it is, but Jesus is saying, don't take, a less, no, take my yoke upon you, because when, when you put Jesus' yoke upon you and you walk with Him, He teaches you how to walk through that, that relationship that didn't work out. He teaches you to walk through that disappointment or that fear of failure um, and all those sort of things. And a lot of you know, know me. And if you're visiting this morning, um, English is like, it's my first and second language. I, I'm challenged in both learning areas of learning English. It's just one of those things. And at school, uh, when I went to school, it, it just hadn't really figured itself out yet in this thing here. And uh, I had an amazing report card, if you read it now. Because I think now you get, if, if, E's are for excellences. Um, but ease back when I went to high, or I went to school were not for excellences, and uh, but 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 and and then I went to Bible college and I was freaking out about going to Bible college, and and I've and for the sake of time, um, my first assignment I was fearful about handing it in. Um, because there was this resubmission thing. If you got something wrong, uh, you didn't, and they wanted you to resubmit a new answer. And and I handed in my first assignment, and and I was dreading it, and it came back as a resubmission. I'm like, here, this fear comes back again about high school, about school. You've failed and everything. You're useless at this, and you're useless at that. And I get this resubmission. It's like. 
click on the thing and click on the, because there's a computer online stuff, on the line. And, uh, and I click on the link and it opens up and it says, please attach your name to the document and resubmit. I'm like, come on. The thing though about a resubmission is that you lose 10% straight away. And so I anyway resubmitted it and it came back at 87%. And so, so you know, and but but you can be yoked to things that you're not choosing to resubmit to God. You can be yoked to experiences. You can be yoked to these sort of things. But Jesus says to take my yoke upon you, and and He will rest. He will give you. He will show us to, to the unforced rhythms of grace. And so we learn about running to Jesus. We learn about letting Him. Work through their disappointments. Work through those things, but but it's not just a, from a place of courage. It's from taking his the the yoke of Jesus on in your life. Um, let's unpack this just a little bit more. And I know you were here last week, and I, but this, I want to make sure we lay a good foundation. Um, in Isaiah chapter ten, verse twenty-seven, the New King James Version, it says. It shall come to pass in that day that this, his burden will be taken away from your shoulders and his yoke from my neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. What this means, or what this means is that when you're, in, when you're yoked to Jesus, you, the, you, you, you can destroy anything because of the anointing. So you might be like myself. I was fearful of high, uh, Bible college. Fearful of Bible college, but I had to. I had to take Jesus's yoke on my life, and I had to push through. Um, did, I didn't always get eighty-seven percent. Uh, there were some that I got a little bit, but generally, all the way through college, I did all right. I did well. Why? Because I was taking Jesus's yoke. I was walking in His grace, walking in His anointing. And so, here's the thing. This morning, I want to tell you that the anointing destroys whatever yoke that you might be yoked to that is not Jesus. Is a good thing. Come on, maybe you're yoked to holding on to that healing and you feel still disappointed. You still feel disappointed. Well, this morning, I believe the anointing of God is going to break some of that disappointing. I, I believe the anointing of God is going to see your breakthrough. Um, the problem is, though, we've got to work, get past ourselves, unfortunately. Wouldn't it be great if we were just all awesome? Well, you are. But you're not all Brian Houston. You're you. So don't try and take Brian Houston's anointing. You're, you're um, you know, Brooke Fraser. She's an amazing worship leader. But don't try and be her. You'll never be able to be her because God hasn't anointed you that way. You're never going to be able to be Brian Houston. And um, by the way, just let me, who is the second most richest person in the world? No one knows, do they? Who's the first richest person in the world? It's Bill Gates. <laughs> that wasn't a quick, any, no one still knows. No one even cares either. But isn't it funny that we only know about, like, we only comp like think of the top and no one really cares about the second. In fact, actually, Bill Gates is now the second most richest person in the world. Did you know that? The most richest person in the world is the person who started Amazon, and he has passed. Mind you, it's the reason why Bill Gates is the second most richest person in the world is because he's given away half of his wealth. So he could probably still be up there. But let's not compare ourselves. See, see when we start comparing ourselves or judging ourselves or, or analyzing ourselves against other people, we lose the anointing that God has placed on ourselves. And so when we're talking about anointing this morning, we're talking about what we're yoked to. We're yoked to Jesus. And when we're yoked to Jesus, the anointing of Christ comes and lies in our life. I, was, I, was, I know some of you, I know every now and then I, I see some stuff and, uh, and words and I create words and all that. And I was just looking at the anointing. I was just looking at the word. I was like, Lord, what, what is it about the anointing and and in the middle of the word anointing is the word in. I, I think we all need to learn that word in. Because the anointing lives in me. 
And, and so it lives in you as well, that Jesus Christ lives in you. So the anointing of God lives in you. And so I'm anointed and you're anointed this morning. Great, that's great news, isn't it? It is great news. And so again, let's, let's live the, an anointed life that Jesus gave, has given us. I don't know. What if we added 10 years onto our life right now? What does it look like? Some of us are older, maybe a different shape. I don't know, different color hair, whatever. Maybe some of you have got kids now. And we're looking back going, <laughs> what's 10 years going to look like? Is it just the same day in, day out? Are you going to, would you have seen the things that you believed for or the things that you have read in the Bible and and have we, you know, or is it just, oh, yeah, I've had a few promotions. We've managed to now get the boat, the batch, and, and now we've got the, the budgie. Uh, you know, we're just going up that world progressive ladder of, of life. And, but is, in the next 10 years, are you going to be able to look back and go, man, we saw an amazing move of God? Yeah. Just an amazing, amazing move of God. And, you know, just recently I watched the movie Woodlawn. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, and, uh, the, and I'd encourage you to go and watch it. But just how God moves. There's not really a whole lot of preaching. But just God moves and people just come to know Jesus. Why? Because there was an anointing on some people's lives and they chose to use it for Christ. And a, a multitude, a multitude of people uh, were saved. But I wonder what 10 years looks like. Well, it's, I pray it's not the same. I really do. I don't want it to be the same for me. I want to I see people healed of being blind. Why? Because I want to pray for that. I believe God's anointed us to believe to, because He's empowered us through the Word of God. He's given us authority. But here's the thing is, let's not try and wear someone else's anointing. Uh, and in studying this topic, I've become more and more aware of who I am in Jesus. And it was real easy for me just after the worship just to get up here and come on, God, I need you to create a space where people feel loved, where you want to minister in that. Lord, even in that five minutes, whether whatever is said after that, that everyone's still going to go out of here having been touched by your presence. Because it doesn't matter what I say, but Lord, because it's in, the pre in your presence we find freedom. It's not in Will's presence. But I know I'm anointed to create those atmospheres and those environments. I, I, can, I can speak, I can talk, I can teach a, a bit and, and all that. But what I can do, what I know I'm anointed to is just to declare the power and the fire of God over people's lives. And create an atmosphere. And I'm like, God, this is, this is what I want to see. People walk in freedom, run in freedom, run empowered, run graced. But there's a few things that hold us back. And so I want to just share a, a few of them. And, and I pray that by the time we're finished here in 24 and 47 seconds, we, they, just you will know the anointing of God on your life. Um, I, li I like in, in that original passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 11, it says, um, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. There's, there's a person in the Bible who knew this. Then there's an account, and, and it's King David, and, and, and as I was studying this, it's, it's, it's hard to try and find other examples that are, that are just so clearer than King Saul and King David. And, and, and so we're going to read out of 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. Um, this is the story around David and Goliath. Uh, if there's a little bit of background, if you're unsure of the story, basically there were two sides. And um, if you've seen the movie Troy, it's like that. They chose the best person from each army that come out and whoever won would then the other army would serve the other army. And in this case, it was the Israelites and the Philistines. There was this guy called 
Goliath. And he was the best for the Philistines. And then all the Israelites hadn't chosen anyone because they're a bag, pack of wuss bags, all right? And so anyway, um, then this guy David comes along who, was the, uh, who, was, who, who had been anointed king but hadn't come into that time yet. But let's pick it up in verse 37 of chapter 17. And says, so David's doing, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped, it, strapped the sword over it and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. And then it says, he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight this Philistine. So here we, we, we may have heard this a thousand times. But, and, and, but Saul's, Saul's the person who was king. Saul's the person who could only fit his armor. And, and, and so, but when people try and put their armor on you or you try and wear someone else's armor, uh, it's ill-fitting. Yeah. It's ill-fitting. It doesn't fit. David tried to put it on and walk out there. He's like, mm, this is not good. A little bit of chafing or, or anything like that. And, you know, a helmet thing is going down. Can't see out of it. I'm not sure. And so when we try to be someone else, it's, it's, it's ill-fitting. It's not the fitting that Jesus has got for you. And so here's the great thing about it is David knew what fitted and didn't fit. And I think that's a great uh, life lesson there. We, we need to get to know the Lord and know what His fitting for us is. I don't know about you. I've never experienced this, but have you ever been to a tailor and had a fitted suit? Um, I reckon that would be fun. It just, you know, it just it looks good in the movies anyway. But, um, but I, I believe this morning, Jesus has got a tailored suit for every single one of us. Uh, but here's the thing is, just like when you go to get tailored, it takes time. There's a, there's a conversation with the tailor. He's, he's walking, he's like, just stand still for a moment and I'm just going to work this out here. You know, I could get someone out, up, and, and we're not going to, but I'd probably stab you with pins. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a small conversation, and he's just walk, looking you up and down. He's just saying, does this fit? Does that fit? Jesus knows exactly your measurements. Jesus knows exactly the suit that's going to fit you. And so let's not try and fit into someone else's suit. Let's fit the anointing and the grace that God has placed on my life, on your life, sorry. And I'll take the one that's on my life. Um, one of the things I love about David is that he just, he knew what fitted him. He knew what fitted him. He just knew that, or in this case, he picked up five smooth stones. There's many, many commentaries, many messages about why he picked up five smooth stones. I just think he's a man of wisdom. I mean, Goliath had apparently four other brothers. You can read that, and maybe he's one to take out all the brothers, all that sort of stuff. But, man, just in case you miss, you got some more in the back pocket just to flick out again. You know, I'm like, that's just wisdom to me. Um, but, but David knew that. David knew what fitted because he'd practiced. He'd, he knew what one stone could do. He, he knew by taking out the lion and the bear. He knew. And so when we, when we work with the anointing, we work with the grace of God that's in our life, and we just start out with the lion and the bear, the Goliath is actually not a problem. But our issue is probably sometimes we desire to take out Goliath before we've learned how to take out the lion and the bear. And I want to encourage you, yes, God's anointed you to take out the Goliaths in your life, but I build, I build faith on the lion and the bear. And I want you to learn how to build faith on the lion and the bear as well. Are we good? See, David functioned in his kingship first. And then he functioned in his anointing before he was even placed in the position of a king. 
See, I, I believe that if, as, as, our, as our mandate as a Christian is to, to advance, which is one of our heartbeats, is to serve one another. But I also believe that we've got to learn how to serve ourselves by functioning in the position that God's given us, in the anointing and the grace that God's given us before position even comes. It's not about position. If it's all about position, you've, you've, lo- you've lost the very thing that Jesus came to do. He was never about positioning himself unless it was underneath and lifting people up. So I want to encourage us, let, let's function in, a, in our kingship before you get labeled a king. Let's function in a kingship. Well, here's the thing is, oh, well, I've heard this all before. No one's saying that. Either. You're all awesome. I've heard this David and Goliath message a thousand times, and yes, oh, the bear and the lion thing, and Goliath, and oh, yeah. preach something new. <laughs> well, let me just answer your thoughts, or maybe they were my thoughts. Anyway, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 29, parable of the three servants. Again, a, a, a parable that's well known, well used, especially here. Uh, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted him, uh, entrusted them uh, with some money while he was gone. Um, five bags, two bags, one bag. We know the story a little bit. Um, now verse 26, drop down. Uh, it says, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvest crops, I didn't plant and gathered crops, I didn't cultivate why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could copy and paste this twice. There we go. Verse 28, here we are. Then he ordered, take the money from his servants and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. Uh, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. Start, you know, if you want to lead a church, lead an e-group. If you want to be a multi-million business person, well, start with a coffee cart franchise or something. I don't know. Just start somewhere where, where God is just saying, hey, this is where I want you to serve. This is where I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. Because those who use well what they've been given, more will be given. But I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I will pray for someone. Uh, I'll pray for anyone. But I don't know if I've got the faith for someone to get up out of a wheelchair right now. I'll just share that. I believe that Jesus can do it. And I believe and I know there's, there's, a, there's this co-laboring together and praying and believing. But I, and it's not all about me. I understand that. But I do have, have the faith to believe that, 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 that people can be healed of sicknesses and diseases. And so I'm starting off here and I'm slowly here and, and we start seeing God do miraculous things. And I want to, you know, it's not all about who we are. It's about the anointing. It's about the yoke that we're attached to. But let's use well what we've been given and more will be added to us. How are we doing? Right. So, I want to share another story out of the Bible, another well-known story, um, because Jesus, is used, Jesus uses this in a great way. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Again, it's a story that a lot of us know, and if you don't know it, that's okay. Um, it's a great story out of Luke chapter 10, verses 30 to 34 is what I'm going to bring up. Um, and uh, so let's just read that. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho. This is, of, this is the background to this, is that there was a, there's a, a Pharisee, a teacher, asking Jesus about uh, the law of God. That's to love God and love your neighbor. And then this person says, well, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus is now sharing this parable about our neighbor. So a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves uh, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and, de- and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest uh, came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, 
when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came, uh, journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sent him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. This is a great, this is such an in-your-face story that Jesus is telling here. And I wanted to read it out of the New King James because the, the labels are, are, are a lot clearer than other translations. And so really, Jesus uses this illustration to talk about who our neighbor is and, and how we are to love our neighbor. And, and the first person that comes along is, is the priest. Like the priest's role in the temple was, was the role to get. They're like, you, you couldn't just become a priest. You couldn't train. You were, you were, you, it was part, you were part of, of, of a tribe of Israel, which is then to, talked about next, which I'm going to get on to. You, you had to be a certain person, and you got to do all the awesome things. You got looked after. You got to consume some of the sacrifice. You got to do all that. You got to be in the, near the presence of God in the, in, the, in, the, in the temple. You got to do all this awesome stuff. You, and, and Jesus is saying, a priest comes along and has a look. Nah, can't be bothered. Crosses back the other side of the road. And then to highlight the point even more, he's like, just in case you're unsure, you know how I said a priest before, well, I'm going to tell you actually who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Levites, the tribe that's chosen to be in my presence, the tribe that's chosen to, to bring all the sacrifices, the one that, you know, once a year, someone gets to go into the presence of God. The most holy of holies, the person who, who, who gets to be in my presence once a year. This person, surely they would have compassion on someone. But then he flips it and says, no, but not a priest, not the Levi, the same people that I'm talking about. But he goes, mm, a Samaritan comes along where Samaritans were the despised of the despised. And in fact, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, um, there was, Samaria was in a certain area where it, it was actually in the way. So if you needed to travel from one part of the country to another part of the country, uh, the direct route was through Samaria. But they didn't, want, like, they, the, the, they didn't want to go through it, and so they would go around Samaria. They would detour and take the long route just so they didn't have to go near these people. They were despised. And Jesus brings this up and says, oh, by the way, um, this is a Samaritan. You know a Samaritan. You know who we're talking about. Like, it was a common name. Um, a Samaritan came along and uh, he went over. And he helped the person. He used some of his oil. He used some of his bandages. He used his donkey he used his money to look after this person, and he used this person, and he even came back to find out how that person was. Now, in all of this, I want to tell you who was anointed. Was it the traditional religious people who were supposed to know how to love one another, who were in the presence of God and doing all these things and all this? Or was it the most despised person. See, the compassion came out of the Samaritan. See, the anointing came out of, of the Samaritan. And, and I, I want to encourage you, come on, let, let's live the anointed life. Let's live the life that God's graced us to live. In fact, um, just the other day, God does ask you to cross the road sometimes. And, and, and how, do you, how do you grow in, in, in the anointing of God? How do you grow in the grace of God? Will you listen to his voice? I was, I was busy. I had every possible excuse. I, I, I was in Z, petrol station, fuel station, whatever you want to call it. I was driving Reggie. We needed to be at a school. We needed to get petrol, so I got petrol. But I went in and I paid. And there was a, there was a, a lady... 
just to the side, filling out a form. Now, if you've ever gone to a fuel station and forgotten your wallet, anyone? I have. Uh, what they do is they make you fill out a form and um, basically so that you'll come back and pay. And I, I'd been through that experience and it, it's embarrassing. And I was like, oh. And I knew she was filling out that form because I'd recognised the form. I was like, it's only happened once, or I? But um, and and I was like going around. I was like, right, I've got to shoot out, get Reggie, and then we're going to go and get a coffee and blah blah blah. Because Reggie's important. Reggie's important. Reggie important. Right, got to get to schools. People are going to get saved. Reggie's important. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, go over and help her and pay for her petrol. And then I've got all these other things going on in my world. I'm like, Lord, I'm really trying to save right now. I'm just trying to save. I'm trying to save. I'm trying to save. I'm just trying to get rid of the extra spend in my world. I want to just, just trying to do this. That was the voice of myself, right? Um, or the voice of someone else, all right? I, I felt like the hole came and then I diverted and, and that was right. And so I left and I walked out of the shop and I went to the car, and I was like, ah. Oh. So I turned around, and I was like, all right, okay, quick, I'll just get in there. I'll just like, tell me how much it was, and flick the pay wave thing. I'll get out of there quick, and no one will know what's going on, and I'll just, just jump in the car, and we'll be off. So I go in there, and I was like, hey, um, this is always a great line, eh? You don't know me, <laughs> but I see you're filling out one of those forms where you're unable to pay and she's like, oh, yeah. And she started talking, and she's from the UK. And um, she said that some of her hard money things not working. She had money, but they weren't working. I was like, hey, look, um, I'm really happy. I'd, I'd love to pay for it for you if, you, if that would just help things out. Um, and so I just said that to her, and she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just pay for it for you. She's like, nah, it'll be all right. It'll work out. It'll be fine. I'm, I'm like, are you sure? I'd really like to pay for it for you. And, uh, and she's like, no, no, I'll fill this out and I'll come back in a couple of days and we'll pay for it. It'll be fine. And like, um, so I'm like, okay then, cool. And got, walked out of, the, out of the petrol station, got in the car and took off. And, and, like, and then I'm like, phew, I didn't have to pay for it. But I followed the word of, like the voice of God. Um, <laughs> but I share that example. Why? It was because it's, it's just learning how to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the end, I, I, I didn't have to pay for anything or anything, but it's not about that. What it is about is about going, hey, can we, just, can we just follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Can we follow the promptings, follow the anointing of God, just like the Samaritan? The Samaritan followed the, the, the compassion of God, the grace of God. And I think, you know, let's, let's do that. Let's live our lives like that. Um, all right, moving forward. Um, oh, we've got a heap to get through, right. Uh, the problem is, though, is you're anointed, but you can, you can lose your anointing. And so in the next five minutes, I'm going to talk about losing your anointing, but then getting it back. Because it's, it's, a, it's a real thing that can happen. Um, God will never use you to the level he has anointed you unless you honor the anointing he has placed on your life. And even some of us are right now, you've, you're, like, you're 10 years ahead of where you were uh, 10 years ago. It's not a trick question, but you're like, man, what's going on? Well, maybe it's, I'm just, and you're doing life in, day in, day out. What's going on? Well, are you, are you honoring the anointing that God's placed on your life? Well, I used to serve here, or I used to do this, or I used to do that. And why aren't you doing it now? What's changed? What's shifted? Because you're still anointed. You're still grace. But you'll only do, uh, you'll only work, walk in the anointing of God. And in fact, a great quote here um, from Swiss, Swiss, S Smith Wigglesworth, Swiss Wigglesworth. You honor the uh, anointing and the anointing on your life and you will walk in the unstoppable grace of God. When you honor the anointing and the anointing on your life, 
you will walk in the unstoppable grace of God. It's different people who are anointed. You're anointed with different things. Here's the first thing. Here's the thing. Here is the thing that will rob you of your anointing. And we'll look at it through King Saul. From 1 Samuel chapter 15. Um, so here, the, I want, I'll just paraphrase it here. The Lord is speaking to King Saul and he's saying, I want you to go this, this time that we're going to avenge the Amalekites here. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go and attack them and I want you to completely destroy everything. And he works it down. He, he talks about everything. I'm talking everything. He says, he goes, the men, the women, the children, the babies, the livestock, the plunder, everything completely destroy them. Like it was, it was, it was clear as anything. And then it goes on. And so let's, let's pick it up in uh, verse 12. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him, Saul went to the town of, of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him um, cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have arrived out of the Lord's command. Then what is this bleating of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted, but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything. Then Saul, Samuel said to Saul, Stop listening. Stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. Um, and Samuel told him, although you may think little of, of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? What did you rush? Why did you rush for the plunder and, and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? This is the answer. This is the answer. I'm sure none of us will be able to relate with this answer. Hint of sarcasm right there. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back the king, Agar, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought to me the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Isn't there so much going on in this? Little, these little, little two scriptures. I did. I carried out the mission. I brought back the king. Well, I, no, he didn't say bring back the king. He said destroy him. But don't, I'll, I'll, I'll just, uh, um, and then, oh, and then it was my troops. It, it, it was my troops. Are you the king? No, it was my troops. Well, are you the king? Are you the, the, are you the anointed person that God has put in charge to lead and to bring covering? And then my troops brought it back. Well, it wasn't me, it was Eve. Thanks, Adam. We've heard this before. Um, sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice. Oh, I'm just bringing it to sacrifice it to you, Lord. I just kept it because then we would really honor you properly. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use it just for a little while and then I will sacrifice it, I will give it to you. That's not like anything, is it? Um But Samuel replied, and this is a scripture that some may know. Oh sheesh, we're running out of time. What is more blessing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. It goes on. Music team, you guys can jump up. We've got to make everyone feel nice again. <laughs> Proverbs twenty-one twenty-one says, Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. When you pursue righteousness and unfailing love, you will find Life, righteousness, and honor. See, 
I don't want to be harsh here, but I want to, I want to try and unlock some stuff for people is, is uh, what trips us up sometimes is just because we're not simply obeying what God tells us to do. We read our word and we think, oh, yeah, I like this, but I don't like that. Yeah. I like this and I don't like that. Well, you've got to make a stance. You've got to say, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe everything that is in the Bible. I believe it is God-inspired. I believe every single word is perfect and it's put in its place. And I have to shift my perspective to align with the Bible. What, what, what trips us up and stops, uh, what, what holds back the anointing is when we choose not to uh, align our lives and not to bring, uh, not to obey God's Word. I want to, Finish with a quick story, and I, I know we're over time, but you get tomorrow off, so hey, it's all right, and you've got pizza tonight, and what are you complaining about? All right, so. Um, what brings the anointing back when stuff goes wrong is, is the example of the second king. We have the example of Saul, but now we've got the example of King David. Now, I, I think, I'm not sure, I think Nicole even touched on this the other, other night but about how King David messed up. He was supposed to go into battle and he didn't go. And in the end, he got the eye of a lady and, and he's like, she looks good and I'd like to meet her. And he messes up and long story short, he messes up in a big way, snowballs, and even gets the husband of this lady uh, um, killed in the front line. And so he's living his life and stuff. And then this person called Nathan, uh, Nathan was a prophet of the Lord. And so Nathan comes and he shares in 2 Samuel verse 12. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David the story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich and one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but the one little lamb and he had, he had brought. He raised that little lamb and he grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate and drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man, but instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his, for his guests. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay for the uh, four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and his kingdom in Israel and Judea. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with sword and the Amorites has stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will be lived by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. Verse 13. This is one of the greatest verses that we can learn from. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you. That's one of the greatest scriptures that we can hear. And you won't die for this sin. It goes on. See, how we can step into the anointing is choosing by honouring the anointing. But if there's areas of sin in your life, they're going to trip you up. They're going to hold you back and and... And there's people that will come along and like Nathan that will just say, hey, what's going on? Where are you at with this? But uh, the reality is, is to, to move in the anointing that is on your life, it takes one word. And it takes humility. Maybe another word as well. It takes honour. You've got to honour the anointing that God's placed on your life. You've got to step into the call of God that God's placed on your life. Wow, scary. Yeah, it is. It is scary. Well, that's because God is always about you needing Him. He wants to be so involved in your world. He, he puts something that you can't do by yourself. And He calls you into greatness because He knows He wants to be such a part of your world. 
I love David's response. And David's response was in Psalm 51. And we don't have a whole lot of time, but I just want to read it out real quickly. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify uh, me from my sin. Goes on. And goes on, goes on. The reality this morning is, as I believe God has got something amazing for us as a church, I really do. I, I, we're not just going to work, work hard so that in 10 years' time it looks like this. This is good. I love you all. I think you're all amazing. I really do. I'm happy to come around to your house anytime you want to invite me around and I'll eat with you all the time. Anyone? All right. Sweet little plug there. I've got three children who sit at the table nicely. No, we, we love the church in that. But God's got something amazing for you to do in this city. What we're doing out of Mosgill right now, we've got to honour the anointing that's on, 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 on our lives and go, man, I'm going to serve in this. I'm going to, I'm going to get up. I'm going to, I'm going to be that nice person. I'm going, to be, I'm, going to, I'm going to be that Samaritan that crossed the road. I'm going to obey the Word of God. I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to trust God. So it takes humility and it takes honour when we choose to humble ourselves and honour what God has called you to do. And God will move in you in a great way. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to finish. We want to pray. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for everyone here in this room. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing, your grace. I know there's different expressions, but right now I just want to focus on how, how you've anointed and you've graced every single person in this room. And Lord, would you, would you talk? Would you speak? Would you love them? Would you reveal yourself? I pray, Lord, there'd be honor. I pray, Lord, there'd be humility. I pray, Lord, there'd be trust. I pray, Lord, there'd be a desire to outwork what you've called us to do. Some to do this, some to do that, some to be this. Lord, your anointing is on every person. You've called them into greatness. And so, Lord, I pray right now, just reveal. Maybe there's a repentance going on. Yeah, Lord, I have just been doing this my thing my way. I haven't really been stepping out. I haven't really been honouring the gifts that are on your life, on my life. Well, then that's good, because Jesus loves you. Jesus is still anointing you. Now it's time to step into everything that God's called you to be. For the kingdom of God is near, and He loves you. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.